From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 245. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, ButcherBox, KiwiCo, and Hello. I'm Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mike Hurley. Hello. Hey, buddy. I am very excited to, to be introduced first this week, because next week I get introduced last, and that's best. We'll see how that goes. Maybe there's yeah. a, it's a fine print for live shows. We'll see. Hmm. I'll be taking offers from both of you. Who wants to go first or second? Well, that means – but then you'll disrupt your entire ordering system. Are you really willing to do that? Maybe a live show is – falls in like a unique category. Hmm. I don't know what I think about this. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're also joined, of course, by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hey, Hi. Buddy. Hi. Bl- bless the last ones or <laughs> they shall be first or something. <laughs> It's pretty close. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We have so mm-hmm. much to talk about today. It is our annual WWDC prediction episode. So we're going to get to that. But first, we have a tiny topic. But before that, we have follow-up. This first piece of follow-up comes from John Syracuse and David Smith, who worked jointly on correcting us. We had talked about the MacBook Escape nickname, and I basically said that Marco had come up with it, and John and underscore corrected us, saying that the ATP chat room, someone there came mm. up with it, and uh, Marco merely blessed it. We have a time-stamped mm. overcast link in the show notes, because when you're corrected by underscore, it comes with time-stamped overcast links, mm-hmm. so we're sharing that, uh, and this is good news for you, for you Federico. Do we know the name of the person from the chat room? Uh, no, that was not provided by John Syracuse. Okay. You know, what does he know about follow-up, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's new to this game. Yeah. Um, so this is good news for Marco. Uh, we can have an acquaint- you know, a, a relationship again, a friendship going on. Wait, I thought he was exempt because of his sexiness. Wasn't well, that, that depends. I said that depends on, on oh. his workout routine. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, I'm very pleased to hear this uh, follow-up item. It means that someone in the chat room will never be friends with me, but uh, at least it's, uh, it's good for Marco. Can you yeah. imagine if it was like underscore, like that's how he knew? Well, that poses an interesting problem for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's best that for privacy reasons, we do not disclose the name of the chat room member who came yep. up with this Yep. Silly nickname. So, yeah. Okay. GDPR in IRC. Sure. That's why. <laughs> the new MacBook Pros we talked about last week are shipping. iFixit has taken them apart because that's what iFixit does. Did you buy one? Silence. Silence. <laughs> you bought one. I've just realized this because I got an email, a security alert. Uh oh. <laughs> That said, someone from Memphis has signed in on a Mac. You don't know what computer that was. To Twitter. I have like 95 Macs in here. It could have have been literally any G3. And you were complaining on Instagram stories about Migration Assistant. You bought one of these. (laughs) Didn't you? Busted. That's hot Yeah, you bought one. You bought one. I can't believe it. How long until you return it? What one did you buy? You said nothing. See, because he thinks he can hide. He thinks he can hide. Because he, he feels guilty. He thinks he can hide. But I'm a super sleuth. Did you tell your wife? 
Did you tell your family? My wife knows, as does Marco, because Marco and I had a phone call last night about sound equipment for our live shows at WBDC, mm-hmm. and then that took like five minutes, and then we talked on the phone for half an hour about laptops. See how it goes, Federico? You see how it goes? You tell Marco about his new laptop, doesn't tell us about his new laptop. Wow. I have to wow. sleuth it out of him. Why don't you why don't you do the predictions with Marco, with your best friend Marco? Do the predictions yeah. with him. He's probably gonna wish for a bunch of AirPlay 2 fixes. Uh, oh. yeah. Like a Mac Pro and then that's it. I mean, that would make us both really happy. Uh yes, there is a fifteen inch MacBook Pro here in my office. Have you gone up a size? It is yes, because I wanted to Oh, here we go. Here we go. Look, uh, why do you not learn? Again. When you change <laughs> anything, you change anything, you will inevitably have to return it. Why really, do you do this to yourself? Do not really let him talk. Because do not let him talk. You <laughs> have gone up to fi- a 15, and now you're going to take it on a trip. And then on that trip, you're going to realize how big and heavy the 15 is, and you're going to get home, and you're going to take it back, and you're going to get a 13 again. That's what's going to happen to you. I have not sold my old 13-inch. It is also here. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning. Don't get rid of the old one. <laughs> you haven't learned anything. You're still going to return the 15. Why did you change from 13 to 15? I wanted to try the 8-core model. <laughs> Nobody's ever wanted to talk about something less than Stephen wants to talk about this. <laughs> I wanted to save it for the live show and, like, pull it out on stage, but Was here this going to be your surprise? Right, but the no. thing is, you know I would neither of us would have noticed. That, I did have that thought of, like, I have two co-hosts who don't care about MacBook Pros. I would have not at all noticed that you had a different laptop. Well, it is a different size and a different color. I, but I, again, I don't... I would not have noticed. Anyways, I will uh, let you know how the 8-core <laughs> MacBook Pro is. So far, it's fine. The keyboard is oddly softer. Like, it, it doesn't okay. feel... There's it's the same amount of travel, but it feels mm-hmm. softer and the sound it's softer. is worse. It's, it's softer. What people were looking for. I don't know if it, that was if that was what you needed. Yeah, I told Mark. I was like, it's different. I don't know if it's better or worse. <laughs> they just keep changing it. They do just keep making it different. I mm-hmm. actually think sound and feel wise of all of the ones I've tried, I think I'm at the point where I like the original one the most, and then that's it. Right, like the original MacBook Pro one. Like the super loud, super clicky one? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, where yeah. I am. That one sounds like you're tapping on rocks. <laughs> but I just figure if you're going to give, if you're going to take everything away, at least give me the noise. Yeah. That one sounded good and bad, but like in a good way. This one just <laughs> doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. It feels softer. I really want to see what eight cores is like in a MacBook Pro. So we'll see how it goes. A quick reminder that next week, episode 246, is our live show at WBDC. We will be live in the Hammer Theater in San Jose. This means a couple of things. One, if you're not in San Jose, the episode will be out later than normal. My plan is to get it up Wednesday night, as long as I don't fall asleep editing uh, at my laptop and my new... (laughs) ginormous laptop i guess the brightness from the screen will keep you awake right like the that's true it should be up late wednesday night that's always my goal is to get it out as quickly as possible uh but uh-huh. if you are in san jose and you have a ticket mm. we're super excited that you are coming if you don't have a ticket there are like four left like there's a very small number there's a link in the show notes it will be sold out go grab one i want these four tickets to be bought by an entire family like, I want a All family right. to attend our live show. Uh, so, b- bring your kids, parents. I'm going to say that I don't care who buys them. It doesn't have to be a family. 
anyone can buy them. It would be nice, I guess, for Federico's sake if it was a family. Mm-hmm. But if you're like one person or two people, don't not buy them because you're not a family. That would be Or my... get married on the way in. Oh my god. And then come. Which is also a possibility. You're going to have the best time, you know. Uh, first night, uh, you know, getting married, going to the Connected Live show. I mean, it's perfect. Who wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that? That has literally happened. It has. You want to tell the story? Uh, at our October show um, in New York, uh, we were doing a little meetup afterwards, and a guy comes up to me, and he, he's like, oh, like, I'm so, like, thanks for coming out to the show. Like, I was lucky that it was here anyway. And, like, and he, like, points to a woman who's sitting down, like, just, like, just, behind where he's standing basically it's like we're on our honeymoon oh my god (laughs) i have never apologized to somebody as genuinely and um frequently as i apologized to that poor woman who was clearly being very supportive to her new husband but did probably did not want like she did not want to be there Mm. um she was very nice to me but i could tell that she thought of i just said like i can tell you you love him very much and obviously right now you love him more than you've ever loved him so and as i said to the guy i was like so this is probably the only time you're going to get away with this situation Mm -hmm. Mm. but yeah so that happened we have a tiny topic and it is literally a tiny topic because the ipod touch has been refresh is too strong of a word it has been spec bumped so some quick Details. It is still a four-inch Retina display, so it's still you know very very portable, very lightweight. It is powered now by the A10 Fusion chip. The old one, I believe, was the A8. So make of that what you will. The A10 Fusion, by the way, came from the iPhone 7. So that that always helps me thinking about how old a CPU is, is what phone it came in. So it came in the iPhone 7. It supports group FaceTime. Apparently, the old one didn't. Uh, it comes with AR Kit support and. Uh, and so, so there's a new and, and fancy things. The rest of it's basically the same. Like I said, four-inch screen, some slightly revised case colors, I think. They look a little more vibrant to my eye. But still no touch ID, obviously no face ID. But I think the, the exciting news is it's now $199. Uh, it is the cheapest. What was it before? I think I think 249 but I'm okay. not. I am quietly Googling. Um but it makes it a super cheap Apple Arcade console. I, th- I think that's why this is here, right? It's got to mm-hmm. be. But I made this argument on Twitter, and a bunch of people disagreed with me, and a bunch of others agreed with me. So uh, take that as a will. But uh, I think it's the perfect kids' device. Like uh, you have uh, AR Kit support, and it's presumably going to run Apple Arcade just fine. Um, you have group FaceTime, which is ideal for parents, kids, you know. Um, this kind of visual communication that it's perfect for families. Um, and it's cheap. I mean, it's 32 gigs, I think, at the the base model. I think it's fine if you just want to install a couple of games. Um, some folks on Twitter are arguing that the iPad is the perfect kids device. And I can see that. Uh, but, I mean, I have no particular experience with kids, but I do see a fair share of young children either with iPads or small iPhones or iPod touches. So I think... It is a kid's device. It is, uh, I think Apple describes it as the most affordable, because they never say cheap, of course. It is the most affordable iOS device ever. And taking a face value, that's exactly what it is. It's, a, it's an affordable iOS device that it's either going to be a kid's device or a testing device for people like us who want to put betas on relatively modern and cheap iOS devices. Sure. 
I have some some pricing details just to, just to head off the follow up. So the the previous generation was 199 for 16 gigs. The new one is 199 for 32. So they they've, they've mm-hmm. got the price point but double the storage. You can now get iPod Touch with 256 gigabytes of storage, which I think is an all-time high for the iPod Touch. So All right. This makes sense to me as a media device for kids. You know, my, I was thinking about this in terms of my family where we have an iPad 5th generation and an iPad mini floating around for the kids. And we really did that, uh, I think, because at the time we bought the first one, the iPod Touch was languishing. It was unsure if it was going to stick around. And clearly, the I mean, the iPad mini, you could say the same thing. But I think my kids like the iPad size because they do video stuff on it. I don't know if they'd want something mm-hmm. smaller. Maybe they would when they're older because you know, they don't really carry the iPad mini around, right? They're just kind of using, using it on the couch or at the, ta- at the table or something. But... Uh, yeah. we, we don't have any of these in my household besides just what I own out here. Uh, no, no, no iPod Touch in, in permanent use. That doesn't change. This doesn't change that for my family. But if this is what you're using at home, then you know, hey, this is a pretty nice little update. The uh, image on Apple Newsroom is 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 funny to me. So they've got like three iPod Touches, and the one on the far left is showing group FaceTime, right? But I don't know what kind of conversation these people are having because they're all just smiling at each other. No yeah. one's saying anything in this in this group FaceTime conversation. That's how the kids. That's how the kids talk now. It just looks really funny. It's just like a bunch of like selfies, effectively just stacked in a in a little grid. Maybe that's how it is. I don't know. I'm really struggling to be excited about this. Like maybe it's just like it's kind of just like like it's it's such a weird thing. Like it has, it has a home button that I'm yeah. sure is an actual physical home button, right? Uh, it's still got the tiny screen tiny by today's standards it just seems like a very strange it just seems very strange it really just feels like they really didn't want to kill off the ipod touch yet but they're about to kill off the processor that it had in it so mm-hmm. let's put a new processor in it and then move forward and that kind of that's that i have a bit of a conspiracy about this okay people were talking earlier which totally rightfully so that okay apple's just kind of like clearing the decks for WBDC, right? They, they they do this almost every year. They have small announcements leading up to it because they don't want to sort of clog up the news cycle. So if you go to the Apple newsroom and you download the press images, they come with the date of the announcement. It's like the MacBook Pro is dated uh, May 21st, which is the day those were announced. The iPod Touch ones uh, have the date of the keynote on them. Uh, mm. as, as the file date uh, in the in the file oh, name. so maybe this was maybe this got was gonna be like a press release on the keynote day and they decided you know just to go ahead and do it in advance or maybe they were gonna make a bigger deal of it and they cut it this was never getting stage time but they would have at least like just just it would have been one of the press releases on that day right? right so they think they're just spreading stuff out which I think makes a lot of sense so you're just like Rambo yes but just with an Apple PR images. <laughs> Just like really unimportant information, but like that's how it works, you know. You've 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 found some metadata. That's the difference between me and him. What he does matters. What I do mm-hmm. doesn't seem doesn't. to. <laughs> but uh, so there you go. That's not really a conspiracy. <laughs> Apple just didn't rename their files. All right, we have so many predictions, things to talk about. But before we get there, let me tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ButcherBox, the folks who deliver thoughtfully sourced meat directly to your door. You can enjoy healthy grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork, 
Plus, ButcherBox meats come from humanely raised animals. They're never fed things like antibiotics. They're not given hormones or fatty fillers. So here's how it works. Each butcher box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. You can choose from five different box types, including a custom box where you can choose exactly how much you need and what you and your family will love. So say you, you don't eat beef or you don't want any pork, you can customize that, which I think is really cool. Meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging. It's then shipped for free with dry ice to make sure it stays frozen after it reaches your doorstep. You can think of ButcherBox as your neighborhood butcher with their quality beef, chicken, and pork delivered right to your door and an option to choose how often you get deliveries. Plus, you can find recipes on their website or follow along with videos on the ButcherBox YouTube channel. My family recently got a box from ButcherBox with beef and chicken in it. It's it's great stuff. It shows up nicely packaged, frozen completely. Uh, I actually wasn't home when the delivery got there. I got home a few hours later. Still perfectly frozen. It had plenty of time to go, so you don't have to worry about that. And this is top quality stuff. Uh, great meat. We had steaks over the weekend from our box and really enjoyed them. ButcherBox has a great deal for connected listeners. To receive $20 off your first order and the ultimate barbecue bundle for free, go to butcherbox.com connected and enter the promo code connected. You may be wondering, what's this ultimate barbecue bundle? It's two New York strip steaks, baby back ribs, and two pounds of ground beef free in your first box, plus $20 off. It's a lot of meat. It's a lot of meat. So go to butcherbox.com connected and enter the promo code connected. Our thanks to ButcherBox for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, gentlemen, it is time for the 2019 WWDC predictions. We will start by reviewing the rules because we have rules. We are not animals. Mm-hmm. The order was set by the winner of the March event predictions, which, as a reminder, Sup. was Mike in first place. I was in second place. Federico was in a distant third. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't make fun of me. <laughs> That's not necessary. We destroyed you what have i ever done to you steven well you lost okay the now you are officially you are officially my enemy for this round of predictions whoa it's not wow. my enemy is not mike anymore you know i'm in charge of the whoa. trophies i'm taking it out on you steven oh, okay wait why am i why was i your enemy before now <laughs> okie dokie to earn points everything written down in the official prediction google document must come true There are no half points awarded in any round. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two regular rounds. Two points will be awarded for any correct picks in the risky pick round. Or as I typo the other day in iMessage, the Ricky picks. I don't know who Ricky is, but... (laughs) Ricky's picks. Yeah. (laughs) Ricky's the new mascot for the predictions. If your risky pick is wrong, you lose a point. So this is very important. And critically, the other two hosts must have agreed that your pick is, quote, risky. So we had some arguments and I messaged about this over the weekend. Yeah, we fight a lot about <laughs> about this stuff. It's really, it's really stressful. And a new rule for this year, and Mike, you came up with this, and I think it's mm-hmm. brilliant, cannot reuse any picks from the 2019 yearly picks. So for, for instance, I chose for my 2019 yearly picks that the Mac Pro would be uh, announced and released this calendar year. That means I can't I can't go to that for the WBC predictions. This made this much harder and I think and I think better. Much harder. Like Federico mm-hmm. picked tabbed windows for his 2019 like on on, on uh 
an iPad. So that mm-hmm. made it really difficult to pick anything to do with mm-hmm. uh, split view changes and stuff like that. So it made it quite quite difficult. Like the idea of multiple apps and all that kind of stuff was was made much more tricky by this because I think really anything could have could have brushed up against that pick. So it made it harder, which was good. Though. It did. I think this is a great rule, and I, I think that we include this in our WWDC prediction rules from now on. So round one, Mike, as the winner of the March events, you get to go first. So we made these picks. We wrote all these picks down. I mean, I put mine in about a week ago because um, I got to go first. So I figured to stop us from arguing about what first meant, I would just put my picks in early because it was kind of like, well, if you'd put it in already, but then I come along and be like, well, I'm first, so I'm taking yours. So I got mine in. And the reason I'm prefacing this is my round one pick is dark mode for iOS. And that is particularly interesting as uh, it is. there has been a rumor going around, well, some actual, we would assume, real images published on 9to5Mac of what looks like dark mode on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Mm. Well, I think it's kind of obvious that you're getting this point. <laughs> I, th- I think, to be honest, we all felt pretty good about that point anyway, right? Yeah. Like... It it feels like something that that has been pretty sure for a couple of years, right? Like it's just like it seems like something that Apple would inevitably definitely do, and it's already overdue. It probably should have been last year that they did it, really, um, if not the year before. But we're here now, and so what what the uh, nine, images on Nine to Five show is a uh, kind of just a darkened UI on the home screen in certain areas, but a, a fully like true black Apple Music. Mm-hmm. image um this article also shows a couple of other things including reminders and when you look at the reminders ui you can see what mark Gurman was talking about right about these like four buttons there are these like in the sidebar yeah. these yeah. four yep, buttons and this was kind of how i imagined i think when we were talking about it, it was kind of just like the way that it was described is true but is clearly not the way the app was going to look it's just these four big buttons so like it's just these like I think it's quite a nice uh, user interface, really, of like these four sections that you can tap on, and they have big numbers on them, so you can quite easily see these like sections that you can go into, like email inboxes, really, and then there are these lists below. So I guess it's like you can have multiple lists and still pull all that information together into one view. I think that's pretty nice, to be honest, as like a way to beef up reminders. Something else that's also in this uh, article is what looks to be some kind of floating window on the iPad in Notes. It's like the tools palette for the uh, Apple Notes, like when you're using the Apple Pencil. Mm -hmm. And the image kind of makes it look like it's been detached. So that's kind of interesting, right? And and all the pencil and brushes and stuff are pretty... I don't want to say skeuomorphic, but they're more detailed than they are now. I think they look look great. They're more realistic in in a way that they look very interesting. And I'm intrigued to see if this is like the UI designers notes going rogue, or if there's going to be a little bit more of a, a different look um, in iOS yeah. 13 in some areas, right. That would maybe mm-hmm. indicate a little bit more realism coming back in certain areas, um, which if it's of this kind of caliber, like this kind of level, I could totally accept, you know, like I'm not up for yeah, um, Marker felt coming back or whatever, but this, like <laughs> design Twitter yeah. there it's uh, losing its mind today. I follow a few of these folks. Are they happy? Are they sad? I mean, they're probably all of those things, right? Well, some of them, some of them don't want you to use ever use the S word. Um, 
when it comes to uh, realism in, in uh-huh. UI design. Uh, uh-huh. it's, a, uh-huh. it's, you know, it's a word that cannot be used. To be honest, though, I, I do agree, which is why I didn't want to say it. It's why Stephen didn't want to say it, because skeuomorphism now has taken on like a it's negative a connotation. Word. Right? Sure. Um, but yeah, I oh, apparently the screenshot is from markup and not notes, but it's the same tools that are in notes. But anyway, you can you can kind of get the point. It it yeah. looks really interesting. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm very. I will color myself intrigued about this. But uh, yeah, dark mode, dark mode looks like it's coming. Your first pick is dark mode on iOS. Do you mm-hmm. want to add any non graded details about that uh, other? Yeah, I'll add some. I'll add some non graded details. I'll add some non graded details. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to be uh, all kind of OLED black everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that it's going to be a mix depending on the application. Uh, and I also think that there's going to be some kind of like system for developers to like clarify what can be put into dark mode and what won't be, right? So like there'll be just like a, a nice API so you could be like, oh, these colors and these elements make them dark and, and these not. So, I mean, that's pretty obvious that they would do that. But like I, what I am intrigued about, and I want to see what you guys think, what do you think will happen if I enable dark mode and an application is not using this API? It won't N- switch. Nothing. Nothing will happen. You don't think that the system might try and force it, like invert it or something? No. No, no. no I don't think so. Okay. Because no. I was thinking about that smart invert, right? Because that does some, some stuff like this, I guess, where you can specify like in the other way, like don't invert images, right? Are you familiar with this? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what happens if you enable smart invert when dark mode is enabled i know the first thing i'm gonna try does it switch back to white <laughs> i want to know now that it just like explodes a, that that feels like it should have been the top of somebody's qa list but we'll find out i'm sure it is uh, it I'm just sure gets extra dark <laughs> like, uh okay i think i think i think this this feels like a point for you i feel like you've got this one on lockdown hope so. mm-hmm. my first pick also feels to me more sure after the iPod Touch got updated. But I'm going to say that iOS 13 changes system requirements, dropping devices supported by iOS 12. I am not predicting specific models or CPUs. I just think that there are going to be some devices that iOS 12 is the end of the road for some some products. Hmm. This feels pretty pretty sure, right? I, I mean, I feel like iOS 12 was like the first time that had happened in a very long time. Like it was a news story right that it didn't drop anything from 11 um Mm -hmm. and i don't think they need to do that again right i don't think they need to say and everything from ios 12 is supported by ios 13 i don't think that's necessary it kind of felt like they were doing that along with a lot of the kind of focus on performance as like a goodwill gesture because they Mm -hmm. were kind of getting destroyed in the in the wider media right there was all that like planned obsolescence stuff and all that kind of stuff going on at the time um so that you know and, and also the battery issues and all of that right so like it definitely felt like a time when apple needed to be like oh we're gonna make sure your old phone runs great uh, but i don't think they need to focus on that as heavily as to say like oh everything's gonna be hunky-dory for really old devices i think that they can still say oh we're gonna focus on performance but not um, not have to say, oh, and your iPhone 6 or whatever it will be will come along for the ride. Yeah, so we'll see where that line is drawn, but it feels like it's time. Yeah, but the updating of the Mini and then the Touch certainly makes mm-hmm. it feel like they're going to get rid of some of those uh, older chips. Yep, I think so. Yeah, does feel does also feel like a point for you. Um, so my first pick is 
there will be new Animoji characters in iOS 13, in the next version of Ooh. iOS. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say how many, uh, at least non great, uh, you know, great and great those. Uh, but I think there will be new Animoji and, uh, that's basically my pick and non graded. I would like to add some color around this. And I will say that I believe they will, there will be at least four, maybe five. And, um, they will, of course, be supported on all devices, and there will probably be a demo on stage. Maybe Craig Federighi will make some. Do you, you think know. they'll demo them? Like just huh? new Animoji? I don't think they will. Maybe just in passing. So, this is actually where I wanted to bring up a point that I think is important for our predictions. I don't think that anything that we predict needs to be in the keynote. It just oh, needs yeah. to be true by the time oh, yeah. we record. Yeah, I thought that was, a, that was obvious. Right? Yes, correct. Yes. Because some of the stuff may come out in the State of the Union or even yeah. later. Yeah. I, I don't see them doing a demo for this unless they use the new characters to show off like the sticker feature that's rumored, right? Mm-hmm. Where you it kind of like maybe some other kind of detection. Like last year there was tongue detection. Maybe yes, there this was. Year, maybe this year there's I don't know, ear detection or Or maybe mm. like some maybe an emoji appears in some other app. And they just use it as like you know, like it it Maybe. kind of is somewhere yeah. else in, in mail. the OS. Yeah, it's in mail, mail. now. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> <laughs> really good email sign-offs. I'll just send all of my email in an emoji. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think all of us are going to do well in round one. Yeah, I think round one feels pretty good, right? I feel like new an emoji. I mean, they've been bringing new an emoji out with basically every major release, right, mm-hmm. for a while. So. It definitely feels like uh, that's that 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 trend will keep going. Let me let me ask you all, uh, not to be graded, uh, of course, but do do we have any ideas on what animals or characters could be added? I have I have an idea. I I have thoughts. Um, I okay. was just just looking through the animals that I wanted to see as an emoji. So I will say, and these are just my personal picks. I want to see the kangaroo, and I want to see the peacock, and I want to see the squirrel. And I want to see the white rat. These are my picks, hmm. especially the white rat. I'm still going for just standard emoji face. I think white rat will be better. I, I can't believe they haven't added the emoji face yet. Um, and, and I think they should add it. White rat. The white rat. The, the white rat is, uh, yeah. Yeah, with the tail and everything. Yeah. It'd be adorable. Uh, I think, I definitely agree with like the, the default, like, emoji circle face has got to be there uh i think that there is room for integrations with other media so like why can't we have like a buzz Lightyear and emoji or uh you know Mm. some other like character from media i think that Mm. could be fun Uh, i don't know if disney wants videos showing up on youtube of buzz Lightyear saying terribly dirty things so maybe that would that's one hundred percent the reason it will never. Happen. I think that I think that could be fun if they did something, some branded content type stuff. Uh, past that, I think that there's also room for not necessarily a new character, but new options when you go to create your own. So, like, I'm I'm flipping through this, and like, you could do way more styles of hats and facial hair, and like, just just make that more even more customizable than it is. Like, some of the hairstyles are really bad, and there's not. I mean, there's. There are lots of them, but you could always improve it. So I, I think I could look at mm. them saying, "Hey, we, you know, 
you can even there's even more customization options now if you are into that. Yeah, there should be at least more accessories, which I think is a point that I raised in my iOS 12 review last year. And also, um, if they're gonna do any kind of new type of detection, they should probably do like distance detection so that your character's face uh, grows bigger or smaller depending on how mm. close you are to the sensor. Uh, that would be fun. Like do videos where it's like you're far away. And then you you know you like your head becomes bigger, uh, if you you know get closer to the camera that could be fun distance detection I don't know if it exists should be a thing round two Mike you're up first this is when I feel like is not going to be as kind to some of us all right no, you think uh, so. round two Apple will show off Apple Arcade again come on this uh, is a point this is kind of obvious yeah really uh, yes. yeah oh we disagree. All right, so my reasoning is that I the Apple Arcade is going to be one of the bigger features of iOS 13 for general consumers, um, and so that they will spend a little bit of time just showing that off again as a temple feature of iOS 13, that Apple Arcade will be there and you'll be able to get all of your games. One of the other reasons is this doesn't have to be an iOS. Like, There's going to be a tvOS segment. There's going to be a Mac segment. Apple Arcade is on all of them. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna. I think Apple Arcade will show up somewhere during the presentation and will get mentioned. Uh, even if like they they could even say because I found out this whilst recording upgrade there is a lab to pitch your game at WWDC this year. Uh, so yeah. So it, the idea of it not being a like open developer story is changing, and or at least Apple is trying to give it that impression. So uh, I think Apple Arcade is getting brought up on stage. Uh, uh- Allow me to ask you, though, when you say show off or brought up on stage, uh, mm-hmm. does Apple just need to mention Apple Arcade and maybe show a logo or like the same graphics that we saw the last time or even Considering more of, of Apple Arcade in actual usage? Of- the uh the, the connected picks i'm just gonna say apple will mention apple arcade again okay okay but it'll be during the keynote right and so this gonna, is great this is graded during the keynote yeah okay yeah. i think okay. that i mean i can't just say like because no, i just then, like, need they, to make sure no 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 because it's like they're 100 going to do a session like it's going to come up in a session i don't want to make it too easy for myself because that just feels cheating right? yeah. it's like oh apple will mention tvos right it's just like yeah of course they will right but Okay, I did not know there was a session for pitching your games. I retract my previous uh, questioning of your judgment. That was what locked it in for me as a prediction on this show when I found that out. Oh, then I can be on board with that. My round two pick is that Apple uh, replaces at least one major bundled macOS app with a marzipan version. Mm -hmm. So by these, I mean, you know, apps that are installed in your Mac out of the box. So mail, messages, whatever. That uh, one of those that we have today will ship the next version of macOS as a marzipan version. I'm not going to say what, although I have a, a non-graded guess. Okay. But um, Question for you. Uh, yes. How do we establish the methods in which we know it is a marzipan app? That is something I thought about. So I, I think there is a, a, a rabbit hole this pick could fall down where... Say something like, so let's talk about messages that Apple says. And messages in 10.15 has lasers and, and all this stuff. And until we get our – if they don't say that it's marzipan and they just say it has new features, then, like, we need to, like, get our hands on a beta to see, I guess. But I, I don't think that's possible. I think it is incredibly likely that Apple will state 
what apps they are moving with this because they want to show it off, right? That will work, okay. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be in a situation that I just described where we're like, well, I don't know if it's Mars of Pain or not. Like, I just wanted to ask because yeah. sure. let's say that, uh, that, that someone maybe heard that it could, <laughs> in theory, be possible for Marzipan and AppKit to coexist in a hybrid application. So let's just assume that it's a possibility that somebody heard. <laughs> uh, w- would that work? I've been proposing this, and people keep saying that I'm crazy, about the idea of the music app being a split between the two. Sure. And again, let's just say that, that somebody somewhere heard, you know, from somebody else that it could be <laughs> a possibility someday or maybe next week <laughs> maybe immediately day just just making sure here what the ground rules are does that constitute a marzipan app i don't think it does because that okay. wasn't the conception of which the pick was created under okay it's not and i, and I think that it, it's apple saying this is a marzipan if they just infuse mail with some like marzipan goo in the middle okay that's different i think it's the case of them saying like we use those tools to make this like, okay I, I think that they're gonna because this was actually going to be one of my picks it was going to be my risky pick but it was then i removed it when i saw steven's pick i think that they are going to surprise us with an application that they say is like oh and you know this app that everyone uses it's now made by these yeah. tools. And it will be not something like messages, but like something something bigger. Like my, I would say calendar. Mm, mm. Maybe. Because mm. it's important enough, but not so important. Okay. And it's not a million miles away from the iOS version anyway. Like yeah. they was like, oh, and now the calendar app is like, we share the code base now. Mm. And like... Mm. Mm. Or, or contact something at you know, that, that level. Yeah, yeah, right? Something that is important, but not massively complicated. Right? Okay. Sure. Uh, also, n- non-graded here, but really they should keep the marzipan name. I gotta give it a name, right? It's like Coco, for example. Like it's just fun, and it's a technical name that just people in the know are gonna use. And everybody's just calling it, calling it marzipan now. Just keep the name marzipan. I mean, I, no? I wouldn't mind if they if they gave it a name that was like Coco. Well, it's still in that style, though. Kinda. Yeah, but I I do agree with you that they should give it a funnish name. I, right. I think that they will keep again non graded. I think that Marzipan could stick around. You know, that came out that it was the code name, or Gruber said it was like not the code name, but I don't know. I don't know what that was about. But no, that remember, do you remember that was like John Gruber was thinking of like a completely different thing? Do you yeah. remember like there were like there's apparently two different things, right? Uh, it was like a- two a- different a- projects. Amber, Amber, I think it was Amber. Yeah, something. Amber. Yeah, Amber. This is what people are calling this, and so I think Apple may just need to fall in line with the community and say, well, people are just calling it Mars of Pants. So that's what we're calling it. Okay. You know, even if that wasn't their plan a year ago. That's clearly what people know it as, and I hope it has a name. I really hope it. Like I would, I also would like it to be called Marzipan. Apple names everything. Apple a- Apple doesn't ship a dongle without giving it a name. Like everything has a name. It will have. I a would, name. No, but I mean like a fun name, like a fun not name, like yeah. not like you like it on the Mac, right? Like not like <laughs> Project Framework. You know, something super boring. <laughs> <laughs> Project Framework. Oh, wow. <laughs> Call it Deep and Open. Deep. <laughs> Project Deep and Open. You guys are never going to let it go, are you? No, no. Uh, so anyways, that's my pick. Okay. One, at least one major bundled macOS app gets replaced with the Marzipan version. My non-graded pick is Messages. I think that's probably an obvious one. But I, I like the idea of Calendar or Contact or something like that. Or Reminders, even. Come on. 
Yeah. Reminders is a very, very good candidate for this because yeah. they're apparently rebuilding Reminders, right? So yeah. it's like, ah, uh, we did... Because so. this even makes sense for Apple. Like, if you're going to remake an app, why even bother to make a Mac version now? Like, if your tools mm-hmm. are good enough that you're telling people to use them, then you should use them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my second pick... Um, iOS gets expanded font support. So, so okay, I want to say just quickly before you explain yourself. Yes. You could have said this was a risky pick and I would have been okay with that. Uh-huh. So like I I know you feel sure about this one. Look how gracious I am. Uh, well, just using my risky picks as regular picks. Uh, you don't think it's risky, but like I just wanted to say that like this this feels like a a risky pick to me. I would love it because, oh boy, do I hate installing those things that you have to install. Yeah. So my, my pick and the graded pick is iOS gets expanded font support. I would like to add some non-graded details around it uh, in terms of what I think will happen. Obviously, installing custom fonts on iOS is a pain right now. And I think Apple wants to move away from the process of installing fonts through certificates. Like you can yeah. with any font or those other utilities like font font or something like that. And I think Apple wants to have a native solution. So the obvious uh, strategy here would be to just have a, an area in settings where you can install your fonts and either, I don't know, pick them from files or just drop them into the settings app, something like that where you can see and preview, maybe. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying Apple is going to do font book on iOS, but I could see some kind of, you know, um, font preview uh, system in settings when you install those fonts. And so that would be the, the first, um, the first uh, approach. Um, make mm-hmm. it easier and native uh, to install fonts on iOS. It does feel like this is one of those sorts of things that would be a, like, consequence of Marzipan. Mm. right mm. that like yes there, I, I think there's going to be a lot of little things like that where it's like well now if we're telling you to make this app for like really for both places there's some stuff that we just have to support that we don't right now which brings me to the second aspect to this which is i wouldn't be surprised if with expanded font support and considering what apple is doing with marzipan there will be an actual um open API for developers to plug into and present a font picker in their apps that loads all of these uh, installed fonts. And if Apple is doing the marzipan thing, obviously that that iOS font picker should become a macOS font picker when it's running on macOS. At least that's what I would do. You know, if it's an I like uh, certain dialogues, yeah. mm-hmm. like certain dialogues on iOS become the native macOS alerts. It's called the font picker. Like, yeah, y- y- I get what you mean. Right? Yeah, the, 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 there's an iOS font picker, and it becomes a macOS font picker. You're supposed to be calling for the files, like for the what is the document picker? What is it called? The files app thing. I'm sorry, the, I just read. Yeah, the, it's the, the the files picker, really. Right. Then that's Finder. Or like the, the the system version of that right now. Yeah, right? the open and save dialogue, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's the like the same idea, and an mm-hmm. iOS component becomes a native Mac component, and in this case, the there's already a font picker, a, a native font picker on macOS. There should be one. There should be one on iOS, uh, and. Uh, I would be super happy to see all, all of these. There's some details around the system that I would be 
curious to see, as I mentioned, like how do you actually install your fonts? Um, can you just drop it into files? Do they sync with iCloud between devices? Uh, I don't know, but um, I would love to see expanded font support, which is my second pick for these predictions on iOS, of course. It's this kind of stuff makes me feel like the nerd that I am because I get so excited to think about just those little ideas of like the way that a font picker would work on iOS and Mac, right? Like this is why like I'm really excited for the this like the idea of Marzipan, mm-hmm. like what it's going to end up being. I think it's going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feels like a pick where you know things, <clears throat> but you don't want to say you know things. I don't want to say anything. It's it's going to mm-hmm. be used against me. <laughs> no, it's only used against you. If, <laughs> I will say okay. this. All that I know and that I've witnessed has not been used in these predictions because I wanted to play fair. So th- there were things I could have used. That's what I'm saying. And I didn't use. Well, you're a very, you're a very kind, very fair picker. And 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 the risky one is actually risky, um, as we'll see in a few minutes. Um, so I kind of went all out there, and it's basically just I'm I'm betting it all on the risky pick this time, as always. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, there's a good chance I will end up at zero points again. Uh, so, <laughs> minus again. So let's let's do let's do a quick break here and come back for the risky picks. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by KiwiCo. If you have kids, you know how great it is when you can find something for them to do that's educational and fun during the summer. That is super important. But coming up with ideas and planning projects can take a lot of time. And if you're a parent, you're probably very busy. Individually researching each creative project, finding ways for them to be educational and fun just isn't practical. But, of course, you want your kids to have fun. and You want them to have creative things to do, fun projects to take a part of. And this is where KiwiCo comes in. They have a great selection of hands-on projects for kids of all ages. Here's how it works. You sign up for a KiwiCo subscription, and every month you'll receive a crate full of exciting projects. And the crates come with everything you need. You're not going to be making last-minute dashes out to the craft store. There are hundreds of hands-on projects available covering science, technology, engineering, art, and math. So you know your kids are learning while they get creative. And it doesn't matter how old your kids are. They have crates for all ages, and you can pause or cancel your plan at any time. My youngest, who is four, got a KiwiCo crate in the mail, and in it was a project all about the water cycle. So we went through and learned about evaporation and how clouds work and it rains, and he got to put together uh, a pillow with uh, a rainbow on it and some other projects to help remind him about what he had learned. And it was a great time putting it together. I am not artsy. I'm not craftsy. Those things are not part of who I am. But KiwiCo made it really easy for us to sit down and do it together because they take care of all that stuff. Stephen, I want to ask you a question. Yes. And this can be just between me and you. Mm-hmm. Did you secretly learn something as well? I, 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 I did. I learned a lot about how evaporation works. Good. Good. That'll just be between us. Between <laughs> us. You can change the way your kid plays with KiwiCo. Visit KiwiCo.com slash connected to get your first crate for free. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash connected for your first crate free. 
Give it a try, get that free crate, and see what your kids think. That URL one more time is kiwico.com slash connected. Our thanks to KiwiCo for their support of this show and Relay FM. It is now time for our picks of risk. Ricky's here. The Ricky picks. Ricky's here. He's ready to go. <laughs> Mike, you are up. Uh, I went through so many. And mm. <laughs> uh, basically, I picked about three different things that I thought was risky and, and I didn't think that you guys would agree with me. So then I couldn't think of anything else and I threw caution to the wind and I'm picking something we've spoken about before. It's not really been spoken about anywhere else except on this show. Uh, but it, it feels like something that I think makes sense um, and that is cursor support for iOS. So enabling you to non-graded, non-graded, but for additional uh, info, that you will be able to plug in some kind of pointer device, either via Bluetooth or via USB-C, and take advantage of something in iOS to enable you to have a cursor you can move around on the screen. Uh, Of course, you know what I think about this. Uh, Yeah, this is a great risky pick. Um, Last we heard, we discussed how um, I heard that it was being tested as an accessibility feature, support for um, plugging in a USB mouse or trackpad, but it's very possible that it's also going to be Bluetooth um, and have some kind of um, new feature under the um, accessibility settings for uh, the, what's it called? Uh, when when you, well, anyway. In, assistive in the, touch. Assistive touch, yeah. Uh, I continue to believe and, I, and I've shared this before uh, in especially in the iPad story from a, from last week or two weeks ago I don't even remember that there should be uh, actual support for mice and trackpads in the iPads future uh, it would help of course for accessibility but it would also help professionally um, uh, you know when you when you it just makes sense when you're working with an iPad at a desk to also have a pointing device. And especially... Yeah, I mean, I, I use my iPad in a stand so I can put it at eye height for yeah. ergonomic reasons. And it would be easier for me if I could use a mouse sometimes. Yeah. So, and especially if the iPad is growing in... To embrace external displays in, a, in, in, in better ways, it just makes sense to have an actual... Uh, pointing device that you could that, that would allow you to interact with a with an app's window on a, on a secondary display. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a great risky pick, and it totally constitutes uh, you know it has an element of risk because it mm-hmm. might as well not happen, might as well continue to be something that Apple keeps testing internally. I feel like I need to bring a mouse to WWDC so I can personally test this on a better oh, That's device. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to bring a mouse. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. It feels Ricky. I, I like it. I like it as yep. a risky pick. All right. I am going a different direction. I'm going to talk about the HomePod, something that hasn't come up yet today or in a long time. And I'm going to say that the HomePod is going to gain multiple user support. Now, I would like, personally, personally, mm-hmm. a little bit sure. more. Well, I can do that as non-graded. I want the pick to be vague. Mm, so see, I would like a little bit more. This is why we have iMessage to work this things out before the show. Yeah, but I'm hearing it now, and I'm like, okay, but like, just anything else, just some other little detail. What is multiple user support? Why don't we talk about it, and then we can decide if we're going to add anything else to the pick, right? If I ask Siri to on the mm-hmm. HomePod to add something to my calendar, mm-hmm. and then my wife comes in and asks 
the HomePod to add something to her calendar, it should know who we are and add them to our respective calendars. Okay, are we saying the HomePod will be able to detect you by voice? I don't know how else the HomePod could detect you. Well, how? It doesn't have a camera. <laughs> right, but you could, but it, it could just be expanding personal requests to be two different accounts, right? So you could just say, like, this is Stevens, this is Mary's, and, like, Mary could come in and say, add this to Stevens' calendar, and it will just do it, mm. right? That's still multiple users, but it's not particularly nuanced. So you're saying that the HomePod will be able to detect different voices and act accordingly. That's what the pick is? I think so. All right, but then let's say it's that, right? Because I think that that... <laughs> I think that there is a level before that. So so HomePod gains multiple user support via Detection. voice... Via right, could you see what I mean, right? Like, imagine if... You, because personal request is just locked to one iCloud account. But what if you could have it with multiple iCloud accounts, but it's still not necessarily picking it up? Like, if you say... Hey HomePod, add um, lunch to my calendar today, and it just does it because it knows that it's Stephen. That's one thing, rather than being like, add something to Stephen's calendar and then it adds it to your calendar, and it but it doesn't know that it's you that said it. So I I think we're in agreement that the pick voice, is voice detection, voice detection, which is the feature that it should be if they're going to do it, because otherwise it's so friggin' dumb. But I genuinely think that considering where the HomePod is right now with smartish stuff, that I could see it making a half step before it makes the full jump, because voice detection is still like pretty new for some of Apple's competitors. So, mm-hmm. but I, I'd be great, wouldn't it be great? risky it's very ricky but it's good Mm. yeah Mm. totes ricky (laughs) do you feel good about this steven i feel like it something they they need to do and i i feel like the the siri support on the home pod and like that it being tied to a phone like all that is just really not great and uh yeah i don't know if i feel awesome about it but it felt like it's within the realm of possibility and we hadn't talked about the HomePod yet, so here we are. Okay, well... Do you uh, think, do you think, here's a question, do you think that Apple is putting a lot of development effort into the HomePod? I guess we'll find out next week. Because <laughs> it feels to <laughs> me like they're not doing that. Anything HomePod related is very risky at this point. Oh, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, it's just like merely. I think it could have been risky to be like Apple mentions the HomePod during the WWDC keynote. <laughs> you know, you know what would also be fun, Mike. Mm. If I was playing a long con, and mm-hmm. I told you guys about external pointing devices, knowing that you would pick one. Woof! Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I did. I didn't do that. But it would be that amazing. would be really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I swear I actually heard that. So, uh, But it gives me an idea for sometime in the future. We'll see. Uh, all right. Okay. So mm, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to use it. Um, okay. So <clears throat> attention listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My risky pick is the following. <clears throat> the Federiki pick. It's very Ricky. This one is big Ricky. It's Ricky to the max. Um, I believe that Apple will bring back 
some kind of app list slash launcher UI element that looks like a sidebar on iPad. Oh, God. This, you are killing yourself with detail. I try to keep it as generic as possible. It'll, yeah. by app list slash launcher, I think if it looks like a grid, what I mean is a sidebar UI, a sidebar like element. But what is sidebar like? Sidebar like means sidebar, right? Like, what is like? I need to maybe clarify the terminology here. I think we um, need to talk so, about this okay, so we can let's really talk, nail let, down so what So let's we're talk saying. about yeah. it. Okay. I believe that um, there's a, a subset of iPad users that miss the ability to add any app to the to multitasking so whether it's slide over or, or split view that does not necessitate going back to the home screen or mm-hmm. using search I if mean, the if the as someone who is very used to these things i still miss it i still miss the ability exactly. to be able to to call up more applications than the ones that are just in my dock easily more yeah. exactly exactly so to call up more apps besides those that you have in the dock. We've seen users, and I do it myself, put folders full of app icons yep, in their docks I do this. just mm-hmm. so that they have more apps in there. And I think mm-hmm. it's not an ideal solution. And I think there is a way to add other apps to a space. So if you're in a split view, you can go back to the home screen, grab an icon, then go back to the space and drop mm-hmm. an icon there, which is not ideal because it's... Now Federico, do you remember a long time ago when we yeah. were talking about the uh, potential refresh to the iPad home screen, I made the prediction or like just had the thought of Apple putting uh, Mac OS's launch pad into the dock and that's how you yeah. access apps. Yeah. Right, so yeah. it's almost more Android-like really, right? Um. And also, I think it doesn't make much sense that there is a good way to do this, which is actually invoking search um, Mm -hmm. and grabbing an icon from search results, but it's only possible if you have an external keyboard. There's Mm -hmm. no way to invoke command search if you're using the iPad software keyboard. Um, So I think there should be... there's There's an argument to be made for... It need, there needs to be a launcher, some kind of, whether it's an, a, a list of apps or a grid of all your apps, but a way to, to have more app icons available via touch so that you can add them to, your, to, to multitasking. Um, now, this could exist in a bunch of different places. Um, maybe it could be enabled from the dock. Maybe it could be enabled from the multitasking app switcher. Maybe the home screen plays into this. I just think there will be a new launcher. I think we should remove sidebar-like from your prediction. Okay. Feels like it makes it less, way less risky, though. Because sidebar makes it seem like it needs to come in from the side. And, like, I think that's going to really make things more difficult for you. And the idea of some kind of app list or launcher, we know what that means, right? And, and it think, will be very clear. I think we can identify that if we see the feature. Yeah. As like, and, oh, this is a different way to get to applications than the ways that we've had previously. Like, the, like for example, they add a new way in iOS 13 to bring up applications that was not in iOS 12. I don't know if Steven is okay with this. Uh, maybe we can non-grade the fact that I think it'll have, it'll be on the side I just feel like it it would make sense it would make sense to 
have it be an element that comes up when you swipe from one of the edges of the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that Apple will go back to the iOS 9 design, um, <laughs> but I do think that the underlying idea is something that users are missing. Yeah, this isn't going back. This is continuing to go forward, right? Yeah. Like, this is adding on to what was brought in with iOS 11. Yeah, right? it was like- basically sort of what I imagined with my iOS 11 concept from a couple of years ago. Shelf. Uh, not the shelf, but the... <laughs> I know, I know. I remember it was like a mini home screen that came in from the side. It was like a mini home screen with an integrated search. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I think there could be place you know, for this UI element, this new feature, this new way to add apps to multitasking on iPad to extend what is already possible. Uh-huh. So this would be my risky pick. Um, some new kind of app launcher could be a list, could be a grid that allows you to uh, open apps and enable multitasking in a different way from what is possible in iOS 12. Yep. Do you do you agree, Stephen? Is this a risky? Okay. okay. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, All yeah. right. Perfect. So uh, if Apple does not do this, I... I'm going to be destroyed again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we're all sitting in a pretty precarious position with our Ricky picks. Like, I I don't think anyone's high and, like, is, is taking one of these home. Like, I, I, any of these could could work or not, I think. I, I don't feel confident about anybody's risky picks, which I think is how we should always feel about the risky mm-hmm. picks. Do we have a contingency for every single one of us loses? Like, we all get zero points. Uh, I think the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, that's never happened. I think we would just yeah. deal with that. There is the question of tie-breaking. I believe that we will go to our old standby, the coin flip. The coin flip? L- so, live on stage? Yep. So we could use we could use Siri or we can use a Relay FM challenge yep. coin. I have mm. one right here. Okay. If you if you make that flip and you don't catch it, that thing will destroy a table. It's really heavy. I will uh, make sure that I have one Perfect. in my back. So. Perfect. We need okay. a very strong person. We need Marco to flip it. Only he has yeah. the muscular strength now. Uh, well, he'll be busy in the sound booth. He's, re- he's recording the show. Well, he, c- he can throw it from there and see where <laughs> no, it lands. No. no. Oh, my gosh. Federico, you own one of those things. That that will do some serious harm. I don't think we have the insurance yeah, for that. Yeah, that's why it's fun. Maybe you should get ah. insurance for that. We have insurance. I don't think we have challenge coin protection. Well, you should ask. No. Um, that's extra policy. Uh, okay, it's it's now now that the pressure's off, it's now time for the most fun segment of the predictions, the non-graded ones, all the miscellaneous stuff and the extra mm-hmm. picks that we would like to mention for bragging rights. And mm-hmm. I, I would like to propose the following system. Whoever wins the bragging rights non-graded picks section gets to offer drinks to our small group of friends. Well, no, who loses? Sorry, loses. Whoever loses. Uh, so whoever loses non-graded, oh, uh, they have to buy a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's perfectly fine. There's no proof for this. Uh, but we can do that. Um, so I am going to say that uh, we, have two, we have two rounds of non-graded each. Um, I'm going to say that Apple mm-hmm. will do some new stuff with Animoji to make it a little bit more like Bitmo- Bitmoji, which is effectively, you know, that you will have a set of stickers uh, that are in your Memoji face uh, or your Anim... But like, I mean more Memoji than Animoji, but Animoji could could uh, could slide in there too. But 
Um, so, you know, for in instead of you having to make a surprised face into the Face ID camera, iOS just does it for you. And you can take one of those uh, stickers and messages and apply it into a conversation. I know I would use my Memoji more if I didn't have to make faces every time I wanted to send one to my friends. It's awkward to do in public, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that the excitement of the demo of it following your face has, has worn away now. Um, like it's not as it's not needed as much now as like a selling thing. Now it's just like, well, you have to have one of these devices to be able to make the Memoji and then you just get the stickers. And you can also record video and make your own facial expressions if you want to, but we're going to give you a set of like 25 different facial expressions. All right. My first non-graded pick is that Mail.app will get modern features like snoozing. It's got to happen, I feel like. Mm, yeah every year i feel like this both of mine the non-graded picks are like i could just use these every year until they come true mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah this makes a lot of sense also uh all right i was gonna say there will be changes to the drawing and sketching interface used for markup and notes which the um <laughs> you got that one in the bag i i got this one uh, -huh. uh and I'm going to add, just for funsies, um, maybe it'll even be an API. So I think Apple should... Now, I would like that Apple should lot. open up the drawing and sketching API that they're using for markup and notes and make it available to all developers so that developers do yes. not have to write the whole thing from scratch, especially because drawing and sketching notes is awesome. It supports 120 hertz refresh rates. It, it looks great. I mean, the ink quality is terrific. It works amazingly well with the Apple Pencil. This should be an API so that developers don't have to make their own and waste time doing so. It should be an API. I'm going to go with external storage support on iOS. Just so the next time they release an iPad, people won't talk about it. iOS or just the iPad Pro 2018? Uh, I'm, going, I'm just going to go broad and say iOS. Mm. Okay. It's probably just going to be on the USB-C iPad Pros, but I'm just going to say iOS because okay. it counts. All right. oh, perfect. Because I, you know, I also imagine if you had like a non-USB-C iPad Pro and you use the camera connection kit, it will probably work. Um, but like, I don't know that's going to be the case. That's not included in my non-graded pick, which I feel like we're now having to be a lot more careful with non-graded picks now that there's actual money at stake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that they're actually graded. <laughs> well, no, the stakes are higher, in, really, because uh, we've got money at stake here. We don't usually have money with the other rounds. It's just trophies. And remember, we want Steven to lose for two reasons. One, he's my enemy, and two, he doesn't drink. So it's even more fun. Ah, interesting. Okay. Well, hmm. you can still buy things out of bar. You could get the most expensive non-alcoholic cocktail that exists. The most expensive Coke that you can find. Yeah. Maybe you maybe you could buy the Warren Buffett Coke. If you can you find could. one. I would like it imported <laughs> from China. <laughs> Wait, no, it's Korea or something. Where was it? Was it China? No, it was Who China. Knows? It was China. Somebody knows. Well. My not graded pick is iCloud family photo sharing. The, the the wimpy little shared photo streams is not enough. I want to be able to share my iCloud photo library with my spouse, right. have them pull things from it. Uh, Google Photos does this. So this is multiple people can share the same library. Oh, you're going to lose. <laughs> or I can grant access for other people to access my library. I mean, we know what this means, right? It's, it's family support for iCloud photo library. This is not happening. This is not happening. They make every couple of years, you know, improvements to iCloud photos and, and maybe this is the time. It's probably not. That's why mm. it's not graded, but it's something mm. I want to see. Mm. All right. 
my last non-graded pick will be improved support for zip archives, actually for compressed archives, not just uh, .zip files, um, in the Files app and in the Files framework, so the document browser, the file speaker, whatever. It's just ridiculous at this point that you, ca you can only, on iOS, on iOS 12, you can only preview the contents of a zip archive uh, if you open Quick Look, you can look into each individual file uh, into the archive. You cannot just extract an archive like you can on macOS. And I, I think, you know, the iPad, is, the iPad is turning 10 next year. And it's just absurd at this point. So there should be proper support for uh, extracting archives. Uh, zip, .rar, whatever it is, should work. And also creating archives. should be able to pick a bunch of files and say compress and make an archive from files or from files-enabled apps. And that's it. Yeah. It would be nice because um, the file support is kind of weird, right? Where it's like you can open it, mm -hmm. but you can't extract yeah. it. I find that so strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you can preview everything. You can save everything individually, but you can't extract all the yeah. files at once. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. So cool. I like it. I think uh, I think we have done well this year. Well, we'll, we'll see. We will see how mm. well. We'll see how well soon. But not yet. We have uh, a little more talk about, but let me tell you about our next sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Hello. Hello makes insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. I don't know if you've ever tried one of these. I hadn't until I got my Hello pillow. But it's pretty different from like regular fluffy pillows because it supports your head and neck and doesn't collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows. We've all woken up and like try to like push air back into our pillow to make them comfortable again. Hello doesn't work that way. It stays cool and dry compared to those feather or foam pillows you may be using now. Plus, buckwheat tends to breathe better, meaning it doesn't get all warm and humid, which is a big deal for those of us who live in warm and humid places. So no more flipping over to the cool side of the pillow. It's always cool. And you can add or remove filling to suit your needs so your pillow can be just the way you like it. And people have actually been using buckwheat pillows for years. They're very popular in places like Japan. And apparently they also appear on pillow menus at fancy hotels. I said this last time, my whole life goal now is to stay in a hotel fancy enough that there's a pillow menu. Just, I want that to happen to me at some point. I got my Hello Pillow a while back and I took some filling out of it to get it the way I wanted it. And I was really enjoying it until my daughter found it. And I think she was reading on our bed and she's just confiscated it. It's just hers now. And she seems to really like it. So I need to get it back from her or order another one. And I can do that. Uh, and I can tell you how in just a second. But Hello is made in the USA with quality construction and materials the certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States. So if you want to try one of these things, and you, you definitely should, you can sleep on it for up to 60 nights, and then if the hello is not for you, you can send it back for a refund. Head on over to hellopillow.com slash connected right now to get your own buckwheat pillow. That's hello, H-U-L-L-O. Pillow.com slash connected. If you buy more than one, they have a special discount for up to $20 off depending on the size you opt for. 
They have fast, free shipping with every order, and 1% of all their profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Give it a try. If you love it, you can keep it, and if not, just send it back. Head on over to HelloPillow.com now. Our thanks to Hello for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we wanted to wrap up our pre-WBDC episode talking a little bit about the event itself and the conference itself and kind of wanted to check in on how everybody is feeling about it. How does it compare to previous years? So, Mike, where are you with WBC this year? How are you feeling going into it? The closer we have gotten, the more conversations I've had. So having these conversations with you and doing the draft with Jason – Uh, on Upgrade this week, I am becoming increasingly more excited for what feels like it's going to be a pretty big year. Like, last year was interesting. It wasn't like iOS 10, right? Which was just, aside from, was Swift was that year, right? I think was the... No, Swift was iOS 8. Whoa, really? 2014. My brain didn't like that thought but 10 was 10 was the messages year like and the stickers and stuff and it wasn't like a massively exciting year especially when again like from ios 9 to ios 10 we thought there was going to be more interesting ipad stuff and it was that was the year where like the ipad was just not in the keynote right they mentioned nothing um but so anyway i think that this year is going to be exciting because we have stuff that we know has been being worked on for multiple years right like the ipad improvements right and it seemed like all of the rumors were pointing towards them existing last year but then they had to have a pretty big kind of like uh change in the way that apple developed things because of performance and and security and all that kind of stuff so if you add that in with marzipan which is something that we know is coming this year anyway um i feel like this is going to be a really big one and i'm very excited about it because I like it when there is enough that happens which you can you can spend weeks thinking about all these little edge cases of like, well, what would happen if this happens or what would happen if that happens? And last year was interesting for Siri shortcuts, but like those con- the, the, the conversations of what would happen if X kind of ended by the end of the WWDC week when people started to understand the limitations for what Siri shortcuts would be. Right, like I remember the first couple of days, it felt like the sky was the limit, and you would be able to do absolutely anything. Then we learned a little bit about more about what it was, and it's still exciting, but wasn't like this is going to change everything for everyone. Um, but I feel like marzipan, especially, the ramifications of that will be are going to be felt for many years, one way or another. Uh, and I'm and I'm real I'm really excited about this year. You know, like for all we know. Federighi tells us that the arm transition is beginning, right? We haven't spoken about that on this episode today. And it was mainly because I think nobody, nobody picked it because it was in the 2019 yearly picks, but they may stand on stage in the same way that they told us about Marzipan in, in like two years or like a year before anyone would get to touch it. At least they may say, Oh, and we're doing this because we're starting to transition over to arm chips. Right? Like that might happen. Uh, and or like we haven't even spoken about the possibility of stuff like Xcode for iPad, which could come out of nowhere, right? And I know that C. Trout and Smith uh, spoke about this in a really cool article that he wrote for Mac Stories uh, a couple of days ago. Like that could come out of nowhere, like Swift did, right? Like it could just be a well, it was a small team of people that were working on it, and now here it is. 
I think that there is, whilst there is possibility for big surprises like that, just even if they deliver on what we think they're going to be delivering on, this is a huge WWDC, and I'm really excited for it. It, it does feel like it's going to be monumental and, and not just for the Mac or not just the, the iPad. It feels like all over the place there's going to be change. And it does make me kind of think, too, it could be a quieter year for something like the Apple Watch. But I think that there's so much going on here in the story of bringing iPad apps to the Mac that that's so important to both of those platforms that's going to uh, – to really dominate things and it's well, i think it's going to be the iphone's quiet year yeah really. it could it could be i mean it's going to get dark mode and you know whatever else comes in ios but that's i don't i don't expect anything too yeah. wild on that for any dark mode and new you know updates to siri shortcuts maybe new version of the shortcuts app um but i would but like this is why i included like arcade right like i think they'll show it in the keynote because it's a feature that will be coming with ios 13 but isn't you know, necessarily that much for for the for the iPhone itself, but they they'll need something. They'll need some stuff. Yeah, sure. there's a a whole um, collection of things we didn't discuss or mention, like uh, the the windowing support on iPad or the improvements to the Files app, which will also be available on the iPhone. Uh, that was also something that Gurman reported uh, last year. Um, we still haven't seen whatever's going to happen to the iPad's home screen. Um, the leaks that we got today from 9to5Mac showed an iPhone home screen, and that looked the same as iOS 12. So that's still also something that in theory should be coming. Um, I, I think it'll be, I don't want to say that it'll be as huge for the iPad as iOS 11 was. I feel like they're going to build on top of that foundation instead of saying... I feel like, but it's in a different way. It's going to be right? big like, in a different way. They're not going to say we're throwing everything away and we're redoing it all. They're, they're, they will keep the dock. They will keep the app switcher. But I feel like they will add more to that. Uh, but I, I just mean that like the ability to run iPad apps for the Mac yeah, might be a huge shot in the arm for the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. And like, so even though Apple would be themselves adding less user features, it might end up being that the next year from this WWDC to the next one becomes one of the biggest jumps for iPad users as there are a lot more cool applications available, potentially. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. I think they both have... Uh, benefits potentially um there's a, a prediction that we forgot to do uh any guesses on who's gonna play the bash i have a few uh, wild no. theories okay i have none so why don't you All just right. give me your list yeah i don't oh, care well. sorry <laughs> grandpa you know the kids these days and their music um i will say of monsters and men they have lovely indie rock band they have and they have a mm -hmm. new album coming out this summer um my wild guesses would be blink 182 or liam gallagher also has a new album hmm. coming out he's been touring in the states the key is always new album yeah. coming out yeah so all of these bands they have new albums coming out um also and we could go down the route of bands who have played before uh, which Apple has never done. I don't think there's ever been a band that has played the WWDC twice. But I will still mention uh, Vampire Weekend. They have a new album out already. Uh, incredible new album, by the way. 
Father of the Bride is amazing. I love it. I listen to it every single day. Jimmy Eat World, they have a new album coming out, and I think they played before at WWDC, or maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. Still, um, the important thing to consider for the Bash band, I feel like it has to be something a little more, a little fun and upbeat. You know, not something like Death Cab for Cutie or Jimmy Eat World necessarily. So. Blink-182 would be incredible, especially with the new lineup featuring Matt Skiba. Uh, are they potentially a little bit too They risque? are potentially a little too non-politically correct. That's, yeah, yeah. that's my only issue there. Yeah, so, that might be tricky. Of Monsters and Men, which, by the way, you should go listen to the first two albums, would be an extremely Apple pick in terms of music, in, term, in terms of themes, uh, in terms of style. So that could be Liam Gallagher, also a little too risky. Can't imagine Liam Gallagher. They, they tend to go for a happier, happier yeah. band yes. in general. And, and if there is one thing Liam Gallagher is not, not happy. he's a generally happy person. <laughs> Remember that tea thing with the cup of tea? We had to make his own cup of tea. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I'll find I'll find that. I'll put it in show notes. Such it's a good funny. video. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> we'll see. I'm very cu- I'm very curious to see. Uh, unfortunately, Billie Eilish, of course, Apple has Apple has been promoting Billie Eilish like crazy on Apple Music. She's touring somewhere else, and so uh, it, uh, I, I I was looking into this stuff a while back, uh, but Billie Eilish not available. Um, there was also somebody else. Uh, Sean Mendes, also not available. Lady Gaga just played at the at the Apple campus, so I don't think she's also going to play WWDC. Uh, yeah. Ed Sheeran has a new album coming out, but that seems That's unlikely, East. right? But they got Gaga. They got Gaga, though. Could be at Sheeran. Uh, I mean... At- funnily enough, funnily enough, if you pay people enough money, they will yes. play your concert. <laughs> <laughs> they will do that. Uh, Stephen, do you know any of these names? A few. A few. Okay, that's good. Do you want to make any have... any predictions? Just any, just name a band, anyone. I don't have any strong feelings in this area. Just a name a band. I just want you to name a band. It's just, just gonna say, it's just gonna say any Death Cab for Come Cutie. On, just anyone. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Perfect. I just saw them. They put on a good show. Do we feel like there's any hardware coming? We didn't talk about this. I, as in my 2019 predictions, I, I firmly believe we will see the Mac Pro and probably also the pro display shown off not for sale i don't think but hey it's coming at the end of the year i i said on the last episode that i didn't think the existence of the new macbook pros made any difference about the the rumored 16 inch and the more i've thought about that the more i think that uh, i've changed my mind i don't think that's coming i don't think they would sherlock their new you know fancy eight core macbook pro with something that uh, apparently is better i also think that machine has Right, but if it's more expensive, does it matter? Maybe not, but I also, uh, this is a topic for a different time, everyone has put all of their wishes on this new MacBook Pro, like inverted T key, the escape key, like I, I just don't know if um, if Apple's going to give us all what we yeah, want. Are expectations not higher for the Mac Pro? I think they are, but the the MacBook Pro is a more important computer because they sell. It's, what, they it's sell. what their developers actually use. Right, right. right. So, no doubt some developers are going to buy Mac Pro. Some podcast network co-founders are probably going to buy a Mac Pro. But the MacBook Pro is the main machine. I mean, I expect that most people that buy a Mac Pro probably also buy a MacBook Pro as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I, 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 can't, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine that there are that many people that would only use 
the Mac Pro. I feel like people would also sure. use the MacBook Pro in another environment. I'm not confident about the display. Uh, see, I, I heard you on Upgrade about that, and I they are one, they are two sides of the same coin. And I think that if they show off the Mac Pro, you have a slide with the display, you you ramble off the specs, and you move on. And you say, hey, this is all coming later this year. It's all you have to do. You don't mm-hmm. have to show it working. You don't have to get into the details. The way they did the, I actually just, uh, a while ago, I'll find it for the show notes. I did a thing on the 2013 Mac Pro for, uh, for 512 Pixels. It's like, you know, this machine is something we talk a lot about, but like... What actually happened? Like, what? How did they actually announce it? So that'll be in the show notes for you. But the um, the thing is, they teased it at WWDC, and then they had an event in the fall where they went into details. And they can do that again. The, the iMac Pro followed a very a very similar type uh, release like cycle. So like, they can just talk about it. Say, here's some specs, and you know, you're going to learn more, and it'll be for sale later this year. So I think that's fine. I think the display comes with the Mac Pro because if they don't if they don't do it. So in these things you always have to think about, well, what is the alternative? If they show off a Mac Pro and they don't say mum about the display, then that's like part of the conversation for the rest of the year. It's like, well, they said they're coming with a display. They didn't show it, so it must not be happening. They must have backtracked on that. And Apple doesn't want to do that. Even if the thing doesn't work yet, you can show a render of it and be like, this is what it's going to be mm-hmm. and fill in the details later. So I think they have to show them at the same time, but I think that could, I think that's the only hardware we see, you know, this is not a time for new iPads. Obviously phones don't come out at WBDC. Oh, the only, the only hardware is Mac hardware, but it's just about it's Ma- what? Yeah. And it's only the Mac pro unless my new ARM MacBook shows up, but I think the Mac pro and the display. Do you think that they could bump the iMac pro any? I don't keep up with the Xeon chipset like every like some people do, but I, so I'm not sure if there are new Xeon W parts that could go into an iMac Pro. But there are updated AMD GPUs, so they could do a GPU or you know or clock speed change. I think it's probably time. It's been out for a year and a half. That goes into a larger story, I think, of what ground is left for the iMac Pro once the Mac Pro arrives. And uh, and that's a really interesting conversation for another time. So Yeah. And then there is of course the possibility of an ARM based twelve inch MacBook. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I think that's I think that's on the table for uh, you know for here from here on out until it happens. But uh, I, I reckon its first introduction is like developer hardware. Like they did with the uh, Intel transition mm-hmm. development kit thing mm-hmm. that I wrote about on Mac Stories, but uh, so yeah, so we'll see. I think the Mac Pro it feels like a lock to me. The other stuff, uh, you know, like in our Mac, maybe, maybe not. So I think that does it. Next time we are together, we will be together on stage. We're going to be mm. grading our picks, talking about the news. It's my favorite work week of the year. It's just it's so much There'll fun. Be surprises. Galore. There's going to be Federico Surprise, which is very <laughs> concerning. There are going to be some awards that y'all are really going to treasure the rest of your lives. Very concerning. <laughs> no one is more concerned than I am about our live show, because I feel like everything is... I'm be. in the dark about everything. And you will be kept in the dark as the surprise occurs. Are you no. blindfolding us? There's no need. I don't There's consent no to that. To. I, will just, I will just take your phones away. Mm. Oh, so, okay. It's phone related. It's, it's um, okay. 
internet related. Until then, if you want to find links for the show notes today, stuff we talked about, you know, we link to it so you can go read more or you can listen to the MacBook Escape name being born in real time. All of that is in your podcast player of choice, or you can find it on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash two, four, five. While you're there, you can get in touch with email for feedback or follow up. We always appreciate getting those. Or you can do that over on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. And Mike, of course, is the host of a bunch of shows here on Relay FM. So go check those out as well. You can find Federico online as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. And uh, Federico, we didn't get to talk about this. I'm sorry. Uh, I meant to bring it up. But will you tell us about the new podcast launching uh, at MacStories real quick? Yeah, it's called Dialogue, and it lives at DialoguePodcast.net. It's a spin-off of App Stories. So we've basically taken the interviews that we were doing at App Stories before and expanded on them. So this is a seasonal show. Uh, 12 episodes per season, uh, each featuring five guests in two, in basically organized in two part uh, conversations. Um, and each season will have a different topic. And the first season is all about writers and writing. Um, to, today, episode one is out, and it's just me and John Voorhees. Uh, we introduce the season and uh, sort of we talk about our approach to writing. Uh, the business of writing online, a bunch of different um, topics topics related to writing. And we have a lineup of guests coming up uh, next week. Uh, there will be the first part of our interview with John Gruber of Daring Fireball. Uh, it'll be a two-part conversation about Daring Fireball, how he got started writing online and all of that. Um, it will come out the same day of the talk show live, actually, I think. And then we're going to talk uh, to songwriter and musician Frank Turner. Uh, we <laughs> just like, poof, just slide that yeah, in there. That uh, we have, we're going to talk to screenwriters, to novelists. It's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, each season, one topic, one theme. Uh, and then there's going to be a break between seasons, and then we're going to do another one. So it's kind of like a TV show. Uh, we're using the seasonal format of Apple Podcasts, but of course it also works everywhere else. So if you liked App Stories, we basically took the interviews and made a whole show around them. That's the idea. I'm very excited. I have the first episode queued up, and I uh, can't wait to get in. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels. Net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, ButcherBox, KiwiCo, and Hello. And until next time when we're together, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.